To ensure Racefuel's customers can have next day delivery, our stock of racing fuels is warehoused all across Australia and New Zealand. Racefuel stock is available via distribution points in Sydney, Brisbane, Perth and Auckland. And of course our head office is based in Dandenong, Melbourne. Racefuel's distribute and deliver the drums to your workshop, tune house or racetrack. So even if you're in lockdown, we can get your fuel to you. Find out more at racefuels.com.au Two of the very best operators marked up in the garage. Wow. This has been coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as all Red flag, this is a suspended uh, race. It's the Parked Up Podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels. My name is Grant Rowley. I'm joined by Tony Dalberto. And there he is in his lounge room. I'm looking at him. You're not looking at him. You're going to listen to him. Tony, how are you? I am. Well, I was going to say very well, but I actually haven't been that well today, Grant. Um, my young fella, Hugh, has caught something from childcare. COVID? No, not COVID. Not COVID. Uh, and he's been vomiting all weekend. Ew. And I, I've been vomiting as well, but just not out of my mouth. So you, you join the dots. It's uh-huh. uh, It's been a long day on the toilet, unfortunately. Oh, no. I was kissing um, you on the cheek at the book launch on the uh, weekend. I didn't cop yeah. none of this group. Oh, not yet. Not yet, my friend. Um, so I, I've, I felt hungover all day, but just in my stomach, not in my head. So, uh, and Steph's the same. So we're just lying low a little bit, unfortunately. But uh, anyway, I had a couple of hours sleep just before tonight, before yep. coming on on the show and, and recording just to try and uh, G, G myself up. But uh, feeling not too bad. I reckon I'll be okay. I'll get through the show. Great. Yeah, now, I like it how I was just mentioning how I was kissing babies, um, acting like a politician running for the big chair at, at my big book launch. <laughs> hey, it was, bloody, it was bloody exciting. Let's let's talk about the book launch because that was the most exciting thing to happen on the weekend and an amazing turnout. It was a really, awesome. really yeah. good good turnout. I mean, it was mainly just Delberto's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Half of oh, we, um, Richards. I was just debating. Yeah, there was quite a few Richards there as well. There was racing royalty everywhere. Uh, but I was uh, just talking to Deer and asking a few people uh, who were there, how many people do you think actually came? Because we didn't have anyone on the on the gate uh, selling the tickets. So we don't really know. But I think there was probably about 120, 30, 40 Yeah, I reckon easy. There. Yep, definitely. Yeah, definitely. it was a good turnout. Lots. I had a, uh, I had a few renter crowd there because I wasn't really sure how many were coming, but yeah, great to see uh, a few fans come along. We sold a heap of books as well. So that was really good. Uh, great for Jim and JB, uh, Jim Richards, of course, and John Bow, who were part of the five book little hero collection. They were there to help celebrate the launch and yeah, they really loved it. Um, got to sign a few books and uh, catch up with old friends and other bits and pieces like that. So yeah, uh, Thank you to everyone who came along. Thank you to anyone who has bought a book. Of course, you can buy more books from networkr.com.au and our friends at the V8 Sleuth will post them out to you. They seem to be well-received so far. Uh, and uh, now we get on to the next part of our lives. Well, how many have you sold? Come on. Give us I actually don't know. I don't know. I would not know. I don't know. I, don't, I have no visuals on that because uh, Aaron Noonan through his uh, AN1 Media and V8 Sleuth uh, bookstore online stuff, as well as uh, Will Hall from Authentic Collectibles. They do a lot of model cars. They're the only two 
people really retailing it. I think there's been a couple of bookshops who might've picked up a few off those guys to, to sell. I really have no idea. I just get to the end of the month and get told what to, what to uh, invoice and and that's about it. So it's a real honor system. I really hope uh, Aaron and Will look after me. We sold three soon. books this month. <laughs> No, they're good. They're good guys. Uh, they're good guys. So you can you can buy them at networkr.com.au or through the V8 Sleuth or through Authentic Collectibles. Um, I'm going to try to get them a, a few racetracks. I'm going to get a box up to Townsville this weekend somehow, some way, and uh, and you might be able to buy them up there. So uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see. It'll be a slow burn. Well, looking forward to that one. I actually put my money down and. Uh... I bought a set of books off you. Yes, unbelievable. That unbelievable. Is, no one huge. believes me, actually. But the, the only one that actually knows, because Shane, who Shane was selling Rogers. the book. Yeah, yep. he, he was, he served me. And yep. uh, I can show you the receipt if you like. Was he was he as shocked as what the rest of the country is? That no. Pulled out my, the Amex? My, my niece, uh, Olivia, was probably... Uh, the most shocked that I'd actually <laughs> pulled my wallet out and bought some. She still does not believe me to, um, today. But anyway, I've got a set of books. I got uh, JB, uh, Jim Richards, and Stephen Richards uh, to sign them. And I also got you to sign them as well. Oh, you did too. I defaced it. That's worth less now. I don't think so. I don't <laughs> think so. Hey, I like the uh, little bit of detail on Peter Brock's book, the 05. Oh, the yes. Five. I originally didn't have the five on there. And I think it was... I think it was Stefan Bartholomeus who works for Aaron Noonan, who I would have thought this was my litmus test. Like I would have thought, because I, I floated the idea, Brock was always going to be book number five, even though I think I wrote his third. I wrote Jim first. He got number one. I wrote JB second. He was number two. And I wrote the Brock one third, but I wanted to make him number five. Uh, and then I thought, oh, maybe 05 is a little too much. Like, is that too much for people? I'm not sure. I thought it was a bit nerdy. No. When Stefan told me who is like anti, he's he's very much anti-nerds. He's very much anti, anti-wankery kind of things. <laughs> and when he said it was okay, I thought, yep, if he says it's okay, I'm good to go here. So I liked it. Well 05 done. lives. 05 All right. Lives. So let's put it out there on the show. And I think we've spoken about this before. Mm-hmm. If... I win Bathurst. Yes. Now it's not the Bathurst one. It doesn't have to be the Bathurst one thousand. No, 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 it's got to be the Bathurst one thousand. It can be a hill climb at Bathurst. It can be <laughs> a running race at Bathurst. I've just got to well, win against me. I've got to yeah. Well, that yeah. Okay, so you better start writing the book. Um, it, it doesn't actually matter. So I've just got to win a race at Bathurst, and you'll do a book for me. No, no, no. It has yes. to be the Bathurst one thousand because that's how the book ends, right? That's how the book ends. Now you don't want your book to end while winning, uh, like a, a running race, a running race against me <laughs> at Mount Panorama. That's not how you want to be remembered in the children's book world. Mm, okay. Surely not. Fair yeah. Enough. So you're right, and it's actually answering a question that has came through from our fans uh, early on Monday morning. I asked people via our Facebook page, told them that we we're recording a pod and sending you questions. And one of the first questions was, can we expect a Tiny D book anytime soon? It's from Hayden Baker. We've got a heap more questions. We'll answer those after. As we always say, Tony, we've got a huge show. But uh, yes, we can expect a Tiny D book. 
because Tony D is going to do his very best to win the Bathurst 1000 in 2021. And if he does that, he can have himself a little hero's book. Oh, fantastic. Are you saying that I haven't tried my best for the last 15 years? Just knowing this, though, <laughs> this is gonna, just the incentive. This is, this is, this is the little bit that you needed. You finished, you finished plenty of top tens. You finished fifth, top you finished fives. third. Yep. It's time to take the next couple of steps. I, I couldn't agree more. So racing gods, if you're listening, please, please uh, cut me some slack and give me that uh, victory. Of course, Tony's driving with Dick Johnson Racing in the Shell V Power Ford Mustangs in the great race this October, assuming uh, that, there, there will be a great race. Surely there'll be oh, a great race. Surely. Hopefully don't. there's a crowd there. New South Wales are just struggling with the COVIDs at the moment. Sydney is in a world of hurt. That's because they're in bloody denial. They won't listen. They won't listen. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, let's not get into this because I've got friends that have massive conspiracy theories and I just don't want to get involved in it. So, oh. School holidays and stuff? Yeah, all that sort of stuff. Yep. Anyway, so we won't we won't get into it, but um, do you want to tell everyone what we've got coming up in the show? Big show, certainly do. Big show. It. We've got an amazing guest now. Mm-hmm. When we actually had her on the show last time, our ratings went through the roof. That's right. Like they went from five to five hundred. Yep, it was amazing. It was incredible. So we thought, let's get to the next level again and invite none other than Rihanna Crean back onto the show uh, and have a chat about what she's up to. Obviously uh, her world's changed a little bit. Um, she's a partner of Will Davison and she's kicking some pretty good goals out there. She's just done an Ironman herself. And not only is she a commentator for the Superbike, she's also commentating the motocross as well. And her world has absolutely flipped on its head since last year. So we thought we better get her back on the phone and have a chat to her. But before we do go to this interview, Grant, mm-hmm. we've got to check out some news because there's quite a bit of racing going on on the weekend. Okay, here we go. Cue news. This is the news. It's brought to you via motorsportwebsites.com.au. They will build an awesome website for you, just like they did with networkr.com.au, where you can buy your little heroes books, just like the parked up. <laughs> .com.au website. They're also Man, building a new website for racefuels.com.au. They're just building a websites. Lot of little heroes going on today. Yeah, okay. Well, no more little heroes. That's enough. No, nah, I'm only joking. Thanks, mate. Uh, okay, so Formula One happened. And I, I seriously thought uh, when I was watching practice and quality, I thought, haven't we, didn't we do this last week? Is this just a replay? Mm. Of course, they had two rounds uh, at the Red Bull Ring in a row. And both times, though, we had exactly the same result. Max Verstappen taking the big wins now leads the championship by a handy little margin. Lewis Hamilton still second in the title, finished down in fourth. But there was a lot of stuff. There was a lot of stuff going on. A few penalties as well. Lando Norris was uh, the star of the, the weekend, really. Uh, you know, when you strip back certain elements of it, qualified second, finished third, she was a, uh, there's plenty to talk about. Yeah. It sounded like I didn't actually get to see it, unfortunately, because I did try and stay up and watch it, Grant. Mm-hmm. And I had my earpod in, AirPod, sorry, AirPod, don't say earpod. And I fell asleep. Oh no. 
But then I woke up and my AirPod was flat. So it must have been in there for like four or five hours or something. <laughs> what if you rolled over? That would hurt if you yeah, rolled over and probably head on the pillow wrong or something. You'd lose yeah. that thing. Anyway, anyway, so I didn't catch any of the race. And then I woke up in the morning and I tried to catch up on the results. And it seemed like a really action-packed race. Um, Lando Norris, though, for me, is just in amazing form. And, and what sort of makes it even more incredible mm. is how bad, bad mm. Danny Rick is mm. going, unfortunately. Actually, he Ugh. had a pretty good race, though. He had a good race. He come through to seventh after qualifying back in 12th, I think it was. Yep. Um, so his race pace was good, but just can't extract the speed that Lando is. I mean, Lando literally was a couple of thousands off pole uh, with an amazing lap there, almost beating Max Verstappen. And then, but, you know, Daniel just couldn't, couldn't get close to it, unfortunately. So, and I, and I saw, you know, some of the stuff that he was talking about in the media after, and I like how he's sort of copying on the chin a little bit. He's like, well, I just don't know. I don't have an answer for, it. you know, the, the lack of speed at the moment. We're obviously working hard, but a lot of drivers would try and duck and weave and, you know, try and put blame on other people perhaps. But unfortunately the proof's in the pudding when Lando is at the front, something's not quite clicking for Daniel and his driving style. Mm, what do you, what does he do? What do you do? If you were in that position and getting absolutely trounced by your teammate and not only getting trounced by him, but he's also looking like the second coming there racing mm. at the very front of the field. He, he looks like he's, you know, he might, uh, I don't know. Could he replace Bottas at Mercedes? I think he's got a deal for uh, next year mm. at McLaren. Hey, probably wouldn't even want to go to Mercedes as it currently stands. You'd want to stay exactly where you are. But what do you do? What would you do if you were Daniel Ricciardo? Hopefully uh, he's not panicking. That's probably the biggest thing. Um, you know, Because the thing is, the, the harder you try, probably the worse you're going to get. Um, it's trying to stay calm in those situations and, really just evaluate what's going on and, and try and take the emotion out of it. I think everyone forgets he actually outqualified Lando the first round of the, the year. So he's capable of it, but something's just gone off track a little bit. And Lando has gotten really strong as the year went on, as the year's gone on. So um, yeah, a lot of soul searching for Daniel, but I'm glad that he had a good race because that'll, that'll build his confidence. And you've seen, you know, like even in on the weekend, uh, Fernando Alonso had a very good car. He got held up in qualifying, qualified further back than what he should have. And he could only progress to ninth. I think he finished up, you know, he only got a few spots, even though he had a very good car, very, very, it must be very hard to pass. So for Daniel to make all, up all those spots, he must've been quite quick in, in race trim. Mm. Yeah. Well, look, we only wish the best for Daniel Ricciardo, like formula one is better when you've got one of your uh, one of your own national boys uh, racing, not only in the championship but racing right at the front. We had a really good run with Mark Weber in a super competitive seat, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Uh, now we've had Ricardo. He drove for the same team as Mark Weber at Red Bull, and he switched teams a couple of times. Uh, none of those switches have really worked out for him just at this point, but this one just seems all that more frustrating because mm. we can see there's an orange car that's competitive. Unfortunately, mm. you have to look a fair way down the field to find out where his one is. Yes, unfortunately so. But some other news that came out of the weekend, Lewis Hamilton signed another two-year deal. Everyone would know that by now. But what are your thoughts on that, Grant? Um, you know, I didn't expect it myself. 
what did you expect? Do you thought that he'd quit? You thought that was it? I think if he was winning this year's championship by a mile, he would probably just win the championship and hang up his helmet perhaps. He, but maybe he thinks like, well, this year's going to be hard to hard to win. But next year with the new regs, maybe he thinks there's another opportunity for him to get the record of championships. Mm, yeah, of course he sits on seven, equal with the great Michael Schumacher. And one more title will... Uh, see him create uh, even more history. He's got the most race wins. Uh, he's got the most pole positions, I believe. He's as got well. everything. So he's Absolutely got it. Everything. He's got everything. He's the absolute king. But uh, yeah, just for the first time in this era of cars, it doesn't look like Mercedes have got what it takes to compete against Max Verstappen. But look, long way to go in this world title. And if there's any team that can turn it around, it's going to be those guys. We've seen Max is in really good form at the moment, but we've seen him make a lot of errors in the past as well. Uh, so if any of those errors creep back into his game, there's, you know, the bloke who's going to be there to, to pick up the pieces and, and offer a, a real challenge. So still plenty to play for in this one's Formula One World Championship. Tony D, there was also some racing going on in America. Your Shell V Power endurance driver teammate well he's going to be suiting up in the same colors as you anyway scott mclaughlin uh he he was uh going round and round and round well not round and round it was a uh, road course how did the weekend play out well he qualified in 14th um which again he probably didn't qualify where he thought he thought was possible the pensy cars are actually quite quick with joseph newgarden um taking pole and actually winning the race as well so those cars were quite fast, but he actually beat Simon Pagano and Will Power had a drama. So he was the second Penske car and I he finished 12th, I believe. So, you know, he moved forward in the race. He showed us some really good race pace. So it was actually a, quite a strong weekend. I think if you ever said to Scott McLaughlin, hey, you're going to finish 12th in a race, he'd probably go, oh, that's, that's below my expectations. But I think he's like really like realizing the the competition how, how hard it is um you can't make a mistake you can't everything's got to be absolutely perfect and i think he's actually you know doing really really well myself i mean i we're, we're probably a little bit biased here in australia because we want to see him do really well and and get those podiums but he's definitely improving every time yep and look he's got a couple of years in this program as well so i don't think uh, anyone roger penske tim Sindrick, uh, any of those guys were really expecting that he would even be top rookie in 2021. He's no, got some pr right. pretty hard competition. So, so I think, uh, you know, just chipping away and learning as he goes, he's got a, he's got the, um, a good head on, on his shoulders, you know, he's, he's chipping away at it. So just looking forward to those little bits of improvement that no doubt is going to see him uh, be regularly competing inside the top 10. Well, I think the thing that people have got to, uh, remember like he hasn't been to a lot of these circuits so he gets to the event he might have done some sim work but until you're on track it's not it's not the same it's not exactly the same so and, and a lot of these american tracks they're bloody high commitment mm. like real fast and so I, I think you know to come next year when he goes back to all those circuits again he'd just be you know, leaps and bounds ahead of where he is currently so you know i think he's got a really good base and uh he's only going to get stronger when he goes back to those circuits uh, for the following year. 
Very good. We watch on with interest. Uh, they were the two big high-profile motor races that happened over the weekend. We've had a, a few weeks off supercars. Of course, we're going to Townsville for the Supercars Championship for this weekend coming, round six of the championship. Are we going? Is it, is it, Are we really going? We're definitely going. This weekend is happening. I even got my flight sent to me. I'm ready to go. Wow. I am wow. ready. Am I? Where's my flight? I don't, I don't, you can, you can man the couch. You man the couch. Oh, so I'm not going. You just said not, we're going. Well, well, yeah, sorry. I used the wrong phrase. I'm going, but, but parked up is going. Maybe <laughs> that's what I was saying. Parked okay. up will be represented at the Townsville street track. Awesome track. Cool event. Love it. Really hope that there can be a heap of fans come through. Looks like all the support categories are basically going to get there i think a few sydney-based teams are going to be affected or have to be affected by it so there might be a couple of support classes that'll be down on some numbers uh but um yeah it looks like it's the first weekend is definitely going to happen but of course there's been a lot of chat in the past week about how two events could happen and there's no result on that yet. Hey, look, and by the time that you listen to this pod, there might be a result. Ah, oh, that happens every time. It does. We record on a Monday night and then it comes out Tuesday morning and all these answers to our questions appear <laughs> and we look silly. Well, look, at the moment, it's uh, all we can talk about is what we've got right in front of us. And yeah, supercars are just waiting on uh, potentially what the Queensland government might like to do if they'd like to... Um, kick the tin a little bit and see two events happen why not why not do it because you you it costs a lot of money to set up these street events it's an awesome street track uh it's a great time of year to do it. it's right in the school holidays so the potential is there for them to do it bowl over two rounds while you can because i don't know i can't see sydney motorsport parks under lights race going ahead maybe Damn, if they, I, maybe I if they do it maybe if they do it um Without a crowd, maybe, mm, possibly. Mm. But they're still getting quite a few cases of COVID there. So, uh, and look, that is, uh, it's almost two months away. So, yeah, I know, um, but we say that. We say that. And the, the months just tick over um, without naming names. And you guys can join the dots if you like. But uh, I do know um, a Sydney based team basically blazed up to Queensland and has been waiting in Queensland for confirmation that Townsville is going ahead and not a supercar team as well. So a lot of these supercar teams, obviously professional teams, um, everyone's paid uh, a wage. This is another category. Um, their team is up there. They've got, you know, they're, they're basically their skeleton crew, not doing any work. there, just trying to get out of Sydney so they could actually compete at Townsville. It's a massive commitment from these guys to try and make this show happen. And, um, there's not a lot of money in motorsport really. And all the money gets spent on running the cars. So I can tell you right books. now and, and kids books. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you right now, they'll be dipping into their own pockets to try and make this happen. And um, that, that, that won't be the only story that we hear this year of teams trying to make these events happen. Yeah. Great commitment. Uh, that's the sport is full of very, very passionate people. And that's, that's the reason why in the good times it's great and in the bad times it's it can sometimes be even better because the commitment shown and the dedication by the people who all have their hearts in the right places you know it's for the love of the sport it's for it's for the desire to be the 
to be the best or do the best they can. So um, whatever team you are talking about there, Tony, and I'm just trying to join the dots. Is Are you talking about a team that you might even, you know, drive for on some particular I, weekends that no, also no, I can't say that also run a, a Porsche program for, I don't know, some bloke called Craig Lowndes. Let's not talk about Craig Lowndes. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So Townsville this weekend. Now we've got um, Rihanna Korean coming up uh, later in the show. Before we get there, and we're going to uh, answer some uh, questions that you guys have uh, sent, our fans have sent via the social media. So we'll get to that after Rihanna. But a quick prediction for Townsville: Can anyone beat Van Giz? Is uh, is is this the round where? Will Davis and Anton De Pasquale can can put their mark on it. Street track, Chaz Mostert. I'm throwing a lot of names at it. Mm. Cam Waters was really strong at that venue before. Jamie Winkup's done heaps out of those. I've just said six blokes' names. And they're the only Look. six that are going to win as far as I'm concerned. Oh, or maybe Nick Perkett, actually. Nick I was going to mention Smokey. Nick. Nick is, is our Smokey, pretty much our Smokey for every round because he, he puts that BJR thing where it shouldn't shouldn't be and just recently actually re-signed with the team so that's fantastic news for for bjr so congratulations nick um look i think you got the usual contenders up the front you know triple eight are going to be strong djr definitely got very good form especially in qualifying um they've won a lot of races there in the past and you know i think as a street circuit goes i think uh someone like Chaz always seems to extract a little bit more out of the car so i think he'll be quick um, but BJR last year, they had front row starts. So their cars obviously work in those conditions very well. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But definitely one of my favorite circuits um, to drive any race car there, a supercar or a GT car. I've driven both there. They're fantastic. Um, but it'll be win interesting there? to see. Didn't you win there in the Ferrari? Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Grant Denyer, of course. With Denyer and with JB. I did it with JB one yeah one year my first year with Marinello we we drove together and um yeah that was a lot of fun actually JB was bloody quick Mm. I remember him in the in the last race he was about like two tenths off what I'd done and I had to dig deep (laughs) I was like holy shit this guy this this old bloke he's going good but yeah fantastic circuit everyone gets around it and you know for me there's nothing better than a street circuit and a supercar so It'll be action-packed on the weekend. Mm, can't wait. Another fun weekend in the sun. Don't tell dear that I'm having any fun. It is hard work only. Okay. Um, all right. That's enough news. Rihanna is way better looking than both of us combined. You put the best bits of both of us together. And look, it this would. is a podcast. You can't even see her. It would still wouldn't get close. She, she's very good. She's a great, uh, she's a great <laughs> talent. Uh, she does excellent work on the TVs. She can run. She can run an Ironman. So she's uh, she's she's so far beyond us, Tony D. We are not worthy. But anyway, maybe we're worthy enough to have her uh, just for a small moment now. So let's grab her on the phone. It's Rihanna Crean on the Parked Up Podcast, and we're powered by Race Fuels. And it's great to welcome Rihanna Korean back to the Parked Up podcast. Rihanna, you know, uh, when the first time we had you on, uh, your your pod that you were on made us like, like it took us to the next level. We went from <laughs> like these nobodies to we were somebody. And it, and it tipped us into 
a stratosphere of podcast listenerships all around the world. So thanks for joining us and looking forward to you taking us to the next, next level. Grant, I bet you say that to everyone. You just don't press record when you say that part and it doesn't actually go to air. But, but thank you. Thank you for like, you know, growing my ego a little bit. Uh, great to be back on the, the potty again, guys. Last time we spoke, I was literally parked up. Um, we had lost, I'd been sidelined from supercars. Will had lost his drive and we were absolutely 100% parked up in our life at that time. Well, things have certainly come around quite well for you. Uh, not only does Will have a drive, he's got a very good drive and he's going very well. You've got yourself a, uh, a very, very cool gig with the Australian Superbikes back in front of the TV. But that's probably none of those things are the biggest things that have been happening in your world. <laughs> Running some uh, Iron Man's. It's Iron Man, not Iron Woman. Surely it's, it's not no, an Iron it's Woman. It's Iron Man. Yeah, no, it's Iron Man. Um, I think that's the, you know, well, in my head, it's traditional and always be an Iron Man. Um, yes, I have been just com- recently completed um, about what three weeks ago now. Um, my so very tell first us about Iron Man. Have your feet recovered? So, well, they were. So the Iron Man um, triathlon, for people who don't know, it's a three point eight k swim, hundred eighty k bike ride, and then a full marathon, so forty two uh, kilometer run. And we, um, you do this by choice. Um, so, <laughs> um, it was, it was something that I sort of had, you know, earmarked on a bit of a bucket list um, in my life. And, and after last year, when, you know, so much sort of chaos was thrown into our world, um, I kind of sort of thought, why am I putting these sorts of things off? Um, and I just decided one afternoon in January to, to enter it. And once I was entered, I was like, okay, well, there's no jetting back now. I have to, I have to start the training. And, and I'm so glad I did. Um, it was probably one of the best days of my life, aside from getting married to my husband, which I should probably say that's the best day of my life so far. Um, it was incredible. It was an amazing journey. It's really, um, it's really opened my eyes just how, how strong you can be as a person, um, you can really push yourself to a limit that you probably don't know that you ever have physically and mentally, emotionally. Um, it's a hell of a journey. It's a very selfish journey. So I really have to thank Will for allowing me to, to have that time to myself over that sort of five, five and a half months. I reckon um, he's had about I'm... five, six, 10 years of it himself. So <laughs> yeah. that's five yeah. months. Exactly. So it's, um, but I was, I was very selfish. It's long, long days of training. Um, I was very boring. I didn't, I didn't drink alcohol the whole time. Not that I drink a lot, but I just didn't. I went to bed at like 7.30, 8 o'clock. I was getting up at 4am every single day, seven days a week. So um, it's a big sacrifice, but hundred uh, percent, I recommend it to anyone. It's just amazing. I wanted to ask, uh, just give us a bit of an insight into some of the training you had to do leading into the event, because it's a, it's obviously massive distances. And if you've never done it before, um, yeah, the training must be really intense. Yeah. So I have, I had a coach who I've worked with actually for a few years, um, Adam Gordon, who was a former Ironman himself, um, professional, and he, he wrote me a program and basically he'd, he'd type it all out. He'd send it emailed me through like a bit of a story, which would sort of tell the story of, of the week ahead. Um, and that sort of had everything listed for the, for the week, every day of what I needed to do. Um, it obviously, and it's obviously a, a build, a slow build as, as the months go on, but in the last sort of six to eight weeks, you certainly sort of, you're getting up there um, four hours a day training. You know, I'd be doing say four Ks in the pool, doing different swim sets. 
um, and you're doing double sessions a day. So you do a swim and then say a, a, a run or a ride and a swim. Um, my, I did a lot of my um, riding on Zwift um, and I'd be doing four, five hours on That'd be so boring. A <laughs> stationary bike. So um, a lot of people said to me, if, if you can mentally get through that, you'll, you'll get through an Ironman because that's, uh, yeah, to mentally sit on a, a stationary bike for four and five hours at a time is is something else, that's for sure. <laughs> do you know what? On a Sunday, I say to myself, I'm going to do an hour and a half. I'll do a longer ride on Swift. <laughs> and then I get to about 45 minutes. I'm like, nah, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> it's just, it it's, is, I love it, but it's so, it does get boring. It is, And it like, to be honest, that's part of the challenge. And it's, it kind of becomes a competition within yourself to know that you can just just lock in and just and just grind it out and and break it down and that's kind of how I got through the day you know you're out on course I was out on course for 13 hours and it's pretty overwhelming to think that you've got to do 13 hours of 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 consistent exercise um so it's breaking it down into smaller chunks um and you know when I got you know the, the ride it's like right get to get through 30ks get through 60ks get to the next aid station and the same on the run you know in my head I'd never run a marathon. I'd actually never run more than 21 Ks. And in my training, I'd never run more than 17. So <laughs> to think I had to run 42 um, was a lot. So it's just breaking it down into smaller chunks that were, were easy to digest. And um, you'd be amazed how, how much uh, your, your, your mind and, and your, you know, your mental state can get you through something like that. So what position did you come? And so you ran it in, or so you competed it, completed it in, 13 hours or around 13 hours yes. and what sort yep. of uh, and what position did you finish in in your class uh, I have no idea and and that was sort of the, my ob, you know my objective the whole time I just wanted to to tick the box I wanted to finish and I wanted to I wanted to get to the end actually I always said I wanted to get to the start line um, because that was everyone says getting to the start's the hardest part and that was certainly um, really difficult for me I had uh, lots of injuries. I had one surgery. I had two cortisone injections, um, and then I had a month of of being sick just before I went um, went to Cairns. And so it was a case of let's get to the start line. And I know if I get to the start line, my head will get me to the finish line, and I, I won't quit. Um, I have a real issue with quitting things. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and I just was, I actually didn't even look at my watch. I had my Garmin on all, all race and I didn't even look at it one time because I just, I didn't care. I didn't really, I wasn't interested in the time or what I was doing. Um, I just wanted to, to, you know, take in each moment and get to the finish line. Well, now, awesome with, job. Uh, I just want to ask <laughs> one more you. question, Grant, because we're, we're on my zone. Grant and I have a my zone each. And when we do a training session together, if it doesn't load up properly or it doesn't go into my zone, it never actually it happens. Count. It doesn't count. So, I mean, the calories you must have burnt that day uh, must have been crazy. Do you have any numbers on any of that? It's funny you say that. So I actually had a drama on my bike. So I left transition. I got a kilometer up the road and my drink bottle, which is part of my bike, fell off my bike and smashed on the floor and it had all my nutrition in the in the bottle um so seven so 90 k's worth of nutrition which is like say three three and a half hours worth of nutrition in that bottle gone and I sat there and I had a moment of despair um thinking like what the hell am I going to do now I have no food for three hours to get me through and I stopped my Garmin and then I'm like oh my God, I pressed the wrong button and I couldn't restart it. And I was like, 
<laughs> my God, what the hell? I'm never going to get this back. Like, how the hell am I going to restart this? I can't, like, go back and start again. And I was so devoured that I'd stopped my garment. Like, people who are listening didn't think, what is she talking about? Like, that's the dumbest thing ever. If you're an athlete and you have a garment, you'll totally get it. But I had to restart it again. But thankfully, I'd only gone like a K into the into the ride, so it didn't really matter too much. So at the end of the day, I did get like my full you know, data. I think I burnt like 13,000 calories or something for the day. Um, wow. So you know when you're, I just when, you're ate. On, <laughs> when you're on Zwift and you finish a session, it will tell you how many yeah. pieces, slice of pizza you can have? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's like normally it's like one and a half pieces. Yes. I'm like, I got a full pizza. <laughs> that's a that's a long way to compete to earn yourself yes. one pizza. That's for sure. Yeah, but I I mean I ate I ate hot chips. Hot chips was like my I don't know it was just my go to food like throughout training and everything and just I, I actually had to like I had to almost go to AA for hot chips because I got addicted <laughs> to them so bad and I said to Will in the end I need to stop eating hot chips like. <laughs> One more bowl and that is it. Never again. I need to stop that with the hot chips. But yeah. <laughs> well, awesome job. Awesome job. Thank uh, and a great uh, little career box ticked, no doubt. Yes. Yeah, um, so but besides training for this, you've also been keeping yourself busy uh, back behind the microphone, of course, with the yep. Australian Superbikes Championship. A new challenge. And I'd imagine without downplaying it at all, probably a lot less pressure than the uh the the supercars championship and being part of their enormous broadcast you did get to sort of fit back into that world a little bit uh up in up in darwin uh, a few weeks ago but uh, just to just tell us i don't know how did the the superbike thing come around and and what are, what's your thoughts so far yeah it's been a it's been a really exciting um sort of six months working with uh motorcycling australia is sort of like the governing body and and australian superbikes and then motocross fits in underneath um underneath ma um so that, yeah they approached me at the end of last year obviously when i was um just a just a gal out of work really <laughs> <And> just <laughs> offered me the opportunity um and yeah, obviously I'd been at Supercars for a very long time. I think it was 13 years um, all up in the end. So it's that's a long time for anyone to be in, in a job. And so, you know, there's there's that sense of like being um, nervous about stepping away from something that you feel comfortable in, you know everyone, and it's sort of just, just you know, like riding a bike every time you go out there and you know what to do. Um, and stepping into, you know, the Australian Superbike Championship for the first weekend was certainly um, very nerve wracking. Um, I knew a few people in the paddock. Um, there's a few sponsors that obviously cross over, which is, which is great. Um, but yeah, uh, trying to remember uh, all these different faces, you know, team managers, me mechanics, you know, new riders, and then obviously all the, the, the new rules and regulations and, and sort of things um, was certainly overwhelming over in the first uh, couple of events. But it's been fantastic for me. I've got a lot more responsibility in the role I have there. Um, obviously doing the hosting duties, doing pit lane, um, a lot more involvement in the sport um, in sort of behind the scenes as well, which is um, I'm really excited about. I've, I've really, um, really uh, just sort of relished in this opportunity to, I suppose, you know, put my own sort of spin on a few things um, within ASBK and in particular motocross because they they didn't have any um, racing last year with COVID um, and they've never been on TV um, in Australia. So that's a really exciting part um, of, of MA for us at the moment, just to essentially have a sport starting from kind of scratch with, with a TV deal um, 
and really just seeing where we can take that, um, which is which is pretty cool to be part of that journey from the beginning. Now, talking about Darwin, you were able to get up there and obviously do your bit uh, when Will was racing up there in supercars and a great weekend to be there for Will, uh, taking two pole positions. I mean, that must have been fantastic to be part of that. I mean, he's been knocking on the door for a long time, uh, well, this year, I should say, and just to finally get those poles and build his confidence more and more. He's, he's having a really good year. Yeah, it's been um, it's been a little bittersweet for me this year. Obviously, not being able to be at a track and and watch him race, um, which is so unusual for me and for him because we've done that for essentially both of our you know supercars career. Um, so it's been a little strange, sort of, to getting getting used to that this year. And and I'm often at ASBK weekends and we've got the you know the, the double screens happening, trying to watch watch what's going on with everyone. Um, but yeah, it was awesome to be in Darwin, awesome to sort of catch up with everyone, you know, teams and, and supercars personnel. And then obviously to watch Will grab those poles to be in the garage, um, you know, particularly when he got the, you know, the back to back and got the record there. That was that was a really special moment. Um, as you said, it's it's been like it's, it, you know, he's been knocking on the door this year, but I think. For us, it's more about what it's been like this last 18 months and, and not just that, maybe this last couple of years, you know, he's he's been in good teams um, where he's had, you know, some some good results, but it certainly hasn't come easy. And I feel like it's just, yeah, it's sort of, you know, such a relief to be in a place where um, everything just seems to start, you know, is clicking for him. And I've, I see him so um, energized and just relishing in, the, you know, having that pressure back and, and him and Anton are getting on so well. And, and the team, as you know, TD is just an incredible um, outfit that, you know, so polished, which everybody knows. Um, yeah, just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually just enjoying sort of seeing it from afar and just letting him do his thing. And, and, and I know how much he's enjoying it. If he didn't qualify on pole for those races, he might have actually won them because starting from pole was the uh, was the disadvantage on the inside of the track there. Yeah, the I mean, it was it was kind of like you know he was kicking himself a little bit, but then you think you know he didn't have you know, he didn't have four starts. SVG just had amazing starts, um, and you know he sort of like woulda coulda shoulda, but. You know, shouldn't I have think, gone so fast in quality. That's what yeah, you yeah, I think you know. I think as it's as Anton showing as as has Will like they're they're you know this close um, to to get he's that close to getting that win and and at the moment TA particularly Shane, man they're performing you know incredibly well. Shane is you know he's in career best form and he he is very tough to beat um, and everything has to be perfect in in order to to beat him at the moment. Which you know it's a credit to what to what those those guys are doing and and to what he's doing. But it also, I think, is, you know, people people quickly forget that DJR is, you know, it's two new drivers working mm. with two engineers that they haven't worked with, um, you know, sort of trying to get this happen so quickly. Um, and I know they're both experienced, but, you know, Shane and Jamie have been at T8 for a long time with, you know, working mm. with the same guys in the same equipment. And, and that does, it speaks a lot. <laughs> I think yeah, people underestimate that and um, how difficult it is to get that last little poof dent out of it and qualifying yeah. to put yourself up the front. And that's what I think a lot of it for Will is just, you know, becoming familiar with Rich again, um, mm -hmm. learning the car, how, just learn those sorry, little how bits. big is a poof dent? It's just like this. It's like this. You can't even measure it, mate. Uh, but yeah, I think you know, you're right. TV, it's tricky. 100%. Very tricky. Yeah. A very competitive championship. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, what I've like, 
what I've loved to watch is just him steadily just chipping away, getting better results every weekend. You can see his confidence growing um, yeah. and he's just, you know, getting those championship points. And I think if he yeah. keeps going down that path, he'll find himself right in the front of the field um, at the back end of the championship. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I, you know, I totally agree. Like particularly those guys, you know, that are consistently out the front T8, you know, DJR, mm. obviously Cam and the, Cam and um, Tickford, like they're all so close. They're all so competitive. So it's, it is, it's so, that final and it's not even 10th anymore. It's like, no. you know, it's a hundredth, you know what I mean? And to find that um, it is, it is, it's not, there's no magic bullet. Like there isn't, there's not, mm. you don't just go to the cupboard and pull it out. Like it is so many things that make this thing work. And um, you know, they're, they're getting there. They're, they're, you know, I think um we're only halfway through a season really <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. like for for a new group of people to be working together yep they're very close they're very close we're looking forward to the last letters it's funny we've only done five rounds of the supercars championship feels like we've been going for for a long time of course COVID and delays and other things getting in the way of all the fun um let me just uh, go quickly back to the bikes of course we saw the bikes in darwin and they were awesome mm-hmm. i have to say it was probably yep. it's one of the first First time in a long time that I've seen an Australia, a round of the Australian Superbikes. I forgot how dangerous they are. <laughs> <laughs> yep, totally. Those, those guys are crazy. They are. Um, it's a you know I, I did follow the the bike championship um, relatively closely before I was working with them. Um, Will has been close friends with with um, Wayne Maxwell for a long time. TD, you you would have worked with Wayno back in back in the day training, yeah. Um, and and those you know particularly Wayne Troy Herfoss who unfortunately had an accident in Darwin. You know those boys, um, Mike Jones, they're riding, their the talent that they have is is just unreal, and and it is a shame they probably don't get the recognition that they deserve um, in Australia um, in the media. Um, at the moment, which, you know, I'm really working hard in the background to, tr- to try, you know, lift that um, and, and get them to the, to the level that they deserve because it is like, it's, it is incredibly what they do on two wheels is incredibly dangerous. I mean, look at the times that they were doing. I mean, up until Saturday, Wayne was quicker than, uh, than the supercars, you know, in, in wow. terms of lap time. So, you know, they're, they're phenomenal athletes um, and they do a tough, you know, Wayne in particular, you know, Wayne, he's leading the championship. He has a full-time job. He has a business. He, he works as a carpenter. I think he's got, you know, family, young kids um, and then, and then rocks up and races on a weekend. So, you know, you got to hand it to them. They, they work really hard at, at what they do and at their craft. And, um, you know, let's, let's hope that we can sort of build this championship up more so that they they can get more recognition more sponsorship and you know a bit more a few more dollars in the bank for everyone you watch uh moto gp world super bikes you know basically anywhere around the world and you see them have big accidents or you see them r- risk it all but maybe because the circuits are what they are over there you know if they have an off they've got a lot of space if you have an off at uh, hidden valley as we saw She's pretty risky. The next round of your championship is at Morgan Park. I don't know if you've ever been to Morgan Park. There's not a lot of runoff at uh, a lot of those places. No, I actually haven't been to Morgan Park. So considering it's not too far from where I live, I um, I don't know. I have yeah, I don't know what it, what, what it's like. Or but I know that I mean the bikes have raced there for a long time. They're that's sort of one of their regular circuits they go to. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, obviously Australia, like the only real, I suppose, dedicated bike tracks that we have is Phillip Island and Sydney Motorsport Park. So it's, you know, a case of, you know, they've, they've got a race on what we've got provided. MA do a pretty amazing job in, in ensuring that everything is as safe as we possibly can um, and, and you know, ensure that the riders are all sort of happy um, with the tracks that we go to. And then it, as well, trying to, you know, share the tracks around throughout throughout the country and make sure it's a national championship as much as we possibly can. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, war- they're absolute warriors. Um, now, so you, you, you said that you, you, and I've seen on your socials that you do a lot with uh, the motocross as well. What do you prefer the circuit racing stuff or the um, uh, dudes on two wheels doing big jumps? It's hard to say at the moment. Like I'm kind of, I'm going to sit on the fence with both of it. Like the motocross is, is probably the thing that's most foreign to me um when i started working with them it's but they're like talk about dangerous like those dudes are gnarly like they, mm. they are so so crazy um again like just like guys on two wheels like guys and girls on two wheels are just another level of mm. yeah another level of insane it's huge respect to what they do um you know they can have major crashes and, and fall off and then just literally get back on their bike and off they go again um and just phenomenal athletes i mean the the i don't know if you've ever done motocross riding in in your life boys but like to be on the back of those bikes and be getting flung around um how they are you know just requires so much um athletic prowess and yeah they are they are proper proper athletes really you know and huge respect to what they do so at, at, talking about crashes, uh, Troy Herfoss had a big crash at Darwin. Have you got any update on how he's recovering? Yeah, I've had a, a little bit of communication with Troy. Um, he he spent a couple of days or almost a week in Darwin um, having surgery. He had a, quite a, a badly broken humerus, um, which is the bone in your arm, and then uh, quite a nasty break to, to his hip. Um, so he had surgery on both of those um, up in Darwin and then and then return he lives on the Gold Coast so return to the Gold Coast uh, a few days later um, he's he's gingerly walking about um, and started his recovery and his rehab um, obviously it's going to be a long long recovery a long rehab process um, I don't know what the plan will be for Troy he hasn't he hasn't stipulated whether you know he plans to to ride again or, or not ride again I don't know I don't I can't speak on his behalf but um, yeah, it's, it's certainly it's certainly a shame um, from a championship point of view. He he and and Wayne were the two of our guys that were were battling for the championship fight at um you know throughout the year. And he, Troy was one of the ones who's sort of a, a title contender. Um, and we want Wayne to win the though. <laughs> the, the Wayne train because he's it's his last year. Yeah. So and and you know, Wayne's you know Wayne was was obviously him and Troy are, are very much rivals on track, but but great mates behind behind the scenes. And and you know, you know Wayne was was very emotional um, in Darwin after it happened, like like everyone in the paddock. Um, and he he doesn't want to win a championship because someone else is mm. is not you know competing. So, um, but yeah, as you said, it's it's Wayne's last year, and and it obviously would be a nice fairy tale for him to go out as as the champion. Well, Rihanna, we thank you so much for joining us. Just one final question. You've done your Ironman now. What What's next? What is next? Do you have a new little goal, a new <laughs> physical challenge goal that you'd like to uh, overcome? Well, this is the question that everyone keeps asking me. And, and I did say when I 
was doing the Ironman that I would be one and that's it never again and then I crossed the finish line and thought oh I reckon I've got another one in me <laughs> but um but I I would like to do a destination Ironman and um and I will probably wait until we have a bit more clarity on on borders opening yeah. and 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 that kind of thing. Um, Otherwise, you're doing that in Launceston at the moment. Yeah, pretty much. Well, you can go to <laughs> yeah. New Zealand, can't you? Oh, Victoria can go to New Zealand. Yeah, so <laughs> like because it, it was pretty hard. I mean, Cameron McConville actually was supposed to do Cairns, and uh, like the week before, obviously Victoria got put into lockdown, and it was pretty heartbreaking to to hear all those Victorians unable to go to Cairns, you know, put in so much work and, and not be able to go. So I don't want to put myself in that position where I'm, you know, putting a lot of work and sacrifice and then and not be able to do what I've trained for. So might just put it on, put it on hold for the moment and then uh, see what I can do maybe in a couple of years time and let, let the body rest. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like, yeah, something like Hawaii or something would be, uh, that would be pretty amazing. I could only imagine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Brianna Korean, thank you so much for joining us on Parked Up. It won't be the last time, and we look forward to seeing you at a racetrack real soon. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. That was Rihanna Korean. Thank you very much for joining us. Tony D, are you going to do an ultra marathon or an Ironman or uh, whatever she's done? Nope. No, 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 no. I might uh, do the odd Zwift ride or something like that, but I, I just can't do four hours. That's crazy. Crazy. She did, she did 13 hours, 13 no, but, hours of exercise. Man. But on a Saturday, we do about an hour and a half and that's, that's us cook for the weekend. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, no, cool. no, thank very good. Thank you Rana for coming back on the show. Um, and we should probably get it next week as well because uh, our, our ratings just love it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we break the internet. Okay. Um, everyone uh, was, uh, some of our Facebook fans have, uh, responded to some questions let's go through a chunk of them when are you forkers getting renee gracie on asked mitchell alexander ah, actually we do need to do that i don't know if we do do we yes I don't think so. yes it's really strange because I, I think i mentioned this before i've bloody worked with her in driver training land and yeah like to see what she's doing now i'm like really Oh man. Cool. Crazy. Okay. Crazy. Well, maybe, maybe we will. You maybe, do you. Maybe we will. Um, okay. Here we go. Uh, we've got Mark Rowland. Why is it so hard to find any news reports on club or state racing series, but you can find out how many loaves of bread Roland Dane eats a week without a problem. How many loaves of bread do you reckon Roland eats? I've no idea. I've, I've never seen anyone report that. If you, if you boys uh, at Speed Cafe and motorsport.com but... are listening, you boys better get onto that because that is information we need to know. Surely there's a lot of great drivers that are missing out on opportunities because no one actually knows what they're doing. Look, Mark, you're right. You know, I worked for Motorsport News back in the 2000s. I worked for Speed Cafe when, when it started in, in 2009. And you could write stories about these guys all day. And you would feel fulfilled because you're giving the grassroots guys a, you know, a slice of the, a slice of the pie, a, a, their time in the sunshine. But particularly in this new fandangle digital age where clicks are everything. Yeah. 
no one cares. It's, it, you know, the, the, oh, the guy who you've written it about, they care and their mum and dad care. And maybe the little sponsors that they've got really care as well. But in the big, the big picture, it is so hard to justify your time because it, it honestly takes you just as long, sometimes even longer to write a story about some grassroots competition than it does to write a story about, you know, what Roland had for lunch. And I guarantee you what Roland had for lunch is going to get you more clicks. So I'm not saying that you can't do it or you shouldn't, we shouldn't be giving any attention because look, I love you'll, you'll find me at a Victorian state racing meeting. You'll find me at a, 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 a national formula Ford round where, you know, there's no big cameras and there's no uh, huge media attention, but, you know, knowing how that the, the journalist works and, you know, the clicks mean everything because uh, that's how the bills get paid these days, particularly in, in that world, then yeah, that's r- r- honestly the, uh, the sort of simple answer. I think auto action do a pretty good job supporting some young guys. If you, uh, if you buy the young guys or, you know, non-mainstream racing competitors buy your most recent copy of auto action i guarantee you'll be able to find plenty of club and state level coverage but you can't put those on the cover of auto action either because they need to sell copies and if they don't sell copies they you know you're not going to have a magazine anymore yeah it's it's very difficult and we've all been through it at different stages trying to uh get our own piece of the coverage and um you know it's 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 very hard to generate that coverage without um, twisting someone's arm, especially in the early days. And we totally agree with what you're saying. Uh, we went through it when we had our own supercar team trying to get coverage for our sponsors, even though we're a little team, we weren't at the front. It is a grind, an absolute grind trying to get coverage. Um, so that's why we did our own podcast. We just did our own podcast and created our own coverage basically and we could <laughs> not sure. we could honestly though in all seriousness we couldn't rely on uh you know speed cafe or anybody giving and giving us coverage so we had to do it ourselves sure. and uh that that's probably the the biggest advice that i can give you um other than setting the world on fire um, on track and winning everything you can to try and get people's attention um the other side of it um is very very tough there is mm. no doubt Alan Lightborn, a, uh, a regular on the socials and always uh, offers some nice feedback. He, he asks, who was more excited at the book launch? Was it JB, Richo or Grant? You, you uh, can answer that because like, I'll be biased. I think you were probably the most excited. Um, I don't know. Excitement's not really the right word. Well, you're a bit anxious, weren't you? I was pretty anxious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was anxious. But it was good. It was good though. The, uh, the end result was good. So I, um, I had no doubt. Had I absolutely actually, no doubt. I reckon Richo was actually like really into it. Mm. He had all his family there, and it was a, you know, a really nice occasion. You know, for him celebrate some thing, celebrate a kids' book. I didn't think he probably ever thought it was going to be a children's book written about him. No, and I think like uh, like Noon said that when he was interviewing you. Um, and, and really, like for those guys, they probably did never think that they'd have a children's book um, about their careers. You know, it is it is a privilege. And I, and I think, um, you know, they do appreciate the effort and time that you put into a grant because no one else was doing it. And uh, it is a bit, a bit of a feather in their cap and an appreciation of what they've done for the sport. 
and they probably don't get enough of that. So, um, yeah, very, very good job, Grant. Very good. Glenn Sanford asks, should V8 Supercars just award the New Zealand Touring Car Cup rather than the Australian one at the end of this Supercars season? The what? Obviously, that's in reference to the fact that Scott McLaughlin has won the past three. Ah, Shane Van Gisbergen is completely creaming them this year. It just feels like uh, the uh, NZ... The NZ Supercars Cup because uh, the uh, poor old Aussies just have no well, hope. Well, what is it with the New Zealand drivers? Even on the world stage, they're freaking like phenomenal. Mm. Seriously, they're very good, aren't they? Yeah. Well, you know, per capita, New Zealand love their motorsport mm. way more than Australians love their motorsport. Yeah. They yeah. they support it incredibly. They've mm. got a pretty good, strong uh, local racing racing stuff and yeah they're you know they're I, just really into it you know what i think is uh different about new zealand i've done a little bit of racing over there over the years and it's a bit more relaxed so like if you want to go and do a test day or whatever you sort of just rock up you know tracks open where you go it seems a lot more structured here and you know more hoops to go through to actually Red get tape. on track yeah yep so it's, it's sort of like club racing. Everyone knows everybody. Everyone's just, you know, they, they, they create a category because old mates got some hotted up Commodore and another guy's got an Aston Martin. They go, oh, whatever, just race together. Go for it, you know? Whereas here, we'll create five different categories for that. You know? <laughs> and it sort of dilutes it all. Yep. But they just want to go racing. And I think there is a bit of a difference there. Mm, okay, here. I like Jay Chapman's question. This is a big one, Tony D. Any word on who TD is partnering with at Bathurst? Or is it all dependent on whether Scotty Mack can come back from the US? So, come on. Are you with Anton or are you with Will Davo? Big questions. I, I honestly Answer. don't know. I don't know. And, and I, that's hand on my heart. I don't actually know yet. So, I actually thought I might find this out a couple of weeks ago. I, had, uh, I was going to go up and do a seat fit. Said, come mm-hmm. up and do a seat fitting. And I, it was a perfect little window to get up there uh, without, you know, border restrictions, all that sort of stuff. And anyway, flight's booked, everything ready to go, flying out on like a seven o'clock flight. And I get the call at like four o'clock that afternoon. Nah, mate, nah, nah, nah. We're going into lockdown, so you better not come. <laughs> uh, I, I never got to find out who I was driving with. I, I'm sure I'll know before the event. Cool. Okay. Yeah, well, you end up with one of them. No worries. I don't mind. Yeah, no, both good options at the moment. Um, okay, cool. So Cody Scott asks, out of the two that have emerged as potential buyers for supercars, who do you think is the best fit? And how Which two? So, so and how soon do you think a deal will be done? Do you think it will happen before the end of the year? So the two I think he's referring to are the the Paul Morris, uh, Mick Doohan, Alan Gow sort of little set that they've got. Uh, Peter Adderton is is part of that. There's a, a nice little consortium of pretty wealthy, pretty successful businessmen and racers who are uh, seem to be plotting and putting together some stuff. No one's actually confirmed it officially. I saw the dude and the enforcer on their show had kind of skirted around, you know, potentially talking about that. So... So that was kind of the first indication that 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 is a uh, that is a real thing, and the other one is led, seemingly led by Mark Scaife in conjunction with TLA, who 
are a um, yeah an, an event an events and uh, marketing media company uh, that do a lot of stuff all around the world, uh, particularly here in Australia. They've they've had uh, some association uh, with supercars in in various uh, in various ways in the past. So those are the two that have kind of emerged as the ones that everybody's talking about. There's even some a bit seen seen some chat about. Um, my good friends at ARG as well, also um, potentially having a uh, an interest in it too. But um, uh, there, I don't know. I, I haven't. I don't know any timelines or enough information on it. I don't even know what's really brought this up so suddenly. Um, whoever gets hold of it, though, let's hope that their intentions are correct and they want to do the best thing for the sport and, and grow the sport uh, and inject some, you know, more new life into it. You know, because it's an amazing championship. There's no doubt about it. So they're getting it. They're buying it, an amazing product. All right. So from one hard question to the next, Shane Tanner, who, of course, also runs motorsportwebsites.com.au. Get in touch with him if you need your website tuned up. Oh, yeah, I did get in touch with him the other day. Oh, about yeah. your about the issue you were talking to me about? No, no, no. I... Uh, Oh, I need I need him to tune up our um, Centaur products website at oh, okay. work. Yep, is he going to help he's, you? He, he's all over it. He's like Perfect. busting my balls. He's like, "When are you going to get me the info? Let's go, let's go, let's go!" And I'm like, "Oh, hang on, relax." <laughs> too um, good. So, the service yeah. is too good. There you ah, go. It's great. Okay, so Shane asked the hard questions: Is a hot dog a sandwich? Why or why not? What do you think? Oh. Um. No, I don't think it is a sandwich. No, it's definitely not a sandwich. For me, a sandwich is two <laughs> two pieces of something. They could yeah. be it could be bread, it could be loaf, it could be whatever, mm. and it's like clearly cut in half. A hot dog traditionally is one piece of bread that's kind of folded, <laughs> like you know you got to fold that thing and squeeze it in. That's and true. really, a hot dog does it like the actual hot dog bit, the the bit of crushed up whatever it is, camel toe and, you know, elephant behind, yeah. um, which is not meat. There's no meat in that, uh, in that yeah, hot dog. Delicious. It could actually be, it could, oh, they're so good. I had Who two. Cares? On, I had two on Sunday. <laughs> on Sunday? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, why was that, Grant? Why was that, mate? Well, it was my little George's um, oh. uh, birthday. So there was hot dogs out. Happy and, birthday, Georgia. Yeah, she turned I thought four. it might have been a uh, hangover cure. <clears throat> there was a little bit of that as well. <laughs> a tiny bit of that. Uh, and it, hey, was, it was so good. But anyway, it, a hot dog, it can't be a sandwich. It just can't be. No, I agree. Now, just quickly talking about um, Shane Tanner. He was the man that got me the image for your cake. Oh, really? Oh, there you yeah. go. There you oh, go. There you go. I, I tried to contact Noons and he just didn't really get back oh, to no. me. Thanks, Noons. Uh, and when he did, it was way too late, you know, like Saturday morning. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Shane was right onto it. So thank you, mate. Yeah, so uh, just for everyone's knowledge, Tony D actually went to the effort of buying a cake as a congratulations thing for me at the book launch. Mm. And I didn't actually get to have a slice, but uh, oh. I saw half of it was scattered all over the library floor there at Realm. <laughs> so the kids were the kids plowed into it, and they absolutely loved it. Well, you can't have a celebration without a cake, so I thought we've got to get a cake. Now, I did talk to my sister Nina about this because she used to work at a cake shop, and I said, 
where can I get a cake? Blah, blah, blah. What is it going to cost? So she goes, go to Alan's Bakery, which is just local to us. Yep. And I said, well, what do you think it will cost? She goes, oh, probably 20 bucks for the cake, 20 bucks for the image, 40 bucks. Okay, yeah, I, I can deal with that. No dramas. No, 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 no. I've bought so cakes from Alan. I've bought cakes from Alan's before. It's not what do you 40 reckon? bucks. What do you it's reckon? 40 bucks. Oh, I've, I'm going to guess it's probably three figures. Very close to three figures. Yeah, it was three figures. It was it was over a hundred bucks. But I was so far committed. I'd, I'd pretty much signed off on the whole thing. I'd given them the image, everything, and then she goes, "Oh, that's one hundred eighteen dollars." I'm like, "You what? Pardon?" <laughs> Thanks, mate. Oh, the I'm kids like, loved oh. it as well. The kids absolutely loved it. Nah, you it was see, worth you it. see how happy my little George was when that cake came out. Her <laughs> eyes were like little saucepans. Uh, no, no, that was that was really nice. That was that was nice. I mean, I would have preferred you spend $118 on my books, but I did that too. (laughs) Uh, Okay. One more question. One more. Um, uh, There's been lots of talk. This is from Tom Hilton. Lots of talk between you guys and the on the grid podcast about doing a super pod. Is this going to happen? Will it be live from Bathurst during the week of the 1000? As I think it would be great to attend and see. Could we also invite below the bonnet guys and get KO involved? There's a lot of questions there. Um, Look, we'd like to do all of them. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, so we've talked about doing a actual genuine sort of uh, mishmash of um, parked up on the grid is what it'll be called because obviously ours is way more important. Yes. So we, we get no, but it actually sound better on the grid parked up. No. No? Parked up, parked on, up the, on the no, grid. You, you yeah, get okay. parked up on the grid. You can go both ways. Yep. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we're going to go my way. Um, And so we've we've talked about genuinely doing that, which would be just another episode of our podcast. It'd be another episode of their podcast, but we're all going to um, throw our, throw our stuff into the mix, tune it over and see what spits out the other side. I'm not sure about below the bonnet. I think they might, they might feel like they're just, you know, a little bit above us. What do you reckon? You reckon they think that we just couldn't, couldn't match them couldn't For be sure. a part of their thing yeah but we're good we're good mates with them though to be honest oh no no very good very good so uh yeah no problem i think they could all. lower their standards just for you know an hour of their t- of their day but bathurst though to be honest it, it's, it's pretty high pressure weekend i'm not sure whether i could do that yeah okay yeah unless we go to bathurst like the monday before yeah cool yeah which we're not <laughs> I think it'd be good just for you to get a run on below the bonnet. I'd be happy for that. I can, I'll campaign for that. Yeah. What's the go there? I honestly think that like, since we've had our own podcast, I don't get called by speed cafe anymore. I don't get called by supercars. ARG, whoever looks after their media, I don't know who looks after ARGs, but they good, never call me either. Good looking bloke. Um, Cause we, we call them all the time. We call them for, to do segments on of our news, so we're doing the work for them. Mm-hmm. That's so they the think, kind of oh, people we are. I'll speak to Tony then. We're just good people, Tony. But yeah, let, let's campaign, everybody. Let's try and get me on below the bonnet, and then I can just <laughs> I could just promote uh, parked up, flat out. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, that'd be good. Why on not? KO though, so I wear my parked up T-shirt and everything. Of course, of course. Well, only maybe just wear something nice. And then when parked up gets brought up, just and Superman style, just rip it out. <laughs> I think that would that would be good. Hey, there was a few more questions out there, but um, 
the internet might not have enough time for us to uh, tick through them all. So we'll do uh, we'll do that again. Really appreciate everyone uh, asking some questions and getting involved. I did like that because I put that to uh, to actually promote it. I put the the image of the guy who holds the yeah. sign in. Um, must be New York or somewhere in the States. Um, and someone sort of fired back, Kelly Johnson fired back with a uh, stop making Fast and Furious movies he's holding there on his side. And I think <laughs> they've made nine of those things. I have never watched from start to finish one Fast and the Furious movie. Oh, wow. Not one. I have. I have. I'm just impressive how many gears a lot of those gearboxes have. <laughs> have you it's enjoyed up them? Up and down, up and down. Nah, not really. Not really. Yeah, oh, I can't. I say, yeah. Look, I can't actually say if I like them or not because I've, uh, I've never actually never seen them, never watched one. So I can't be, uh, I can't be too critical of the uh, Fast and the Furious franchise because it's obviously a lot sort of more successful than anything I've ever done in my life. Yet, yet. But uh, actually, let's let's talk about that for just one second before we get going. Go. Um, how many dollars did you place on the promotion of little heroes? Cause it, it's popping up everywhere on my <clears> socials. Oh no. Um, no, I didn't. You, you obviously don't put that on parked up. No, 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 I don't. I don't. Because <laughs> <laughs> the little heroes thing has a potential of making me a little bit of cash. Well, I was going to say, where did, where does the race fields money go? Does that go uh, on the little heroes? <laughs> no. Oh, wow. I'm getting torn up here. It's probably time for us to uh, press the uh, stop button on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everyone. That was episode 65 of the Parked Up podcast, powered by Race Fuels, paid for by Race Fuels, <laughs> uh, obviously funding the Little Heroes book collection. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week where we'll talk about some supercars from sunny Townsville. All right, mate. Catch you there. I'm, I'm coming.